0: Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. The that one is hit hard. Oh, and he is hit hard. Hits him with a left hook. Hey, it's me, Billy V, and this is Billy V's Sports Hit Hits. Thank you for joining me, and this time I'm going to give you a chance to express your opinions. In my last podcast, I, um, I talked about Chip Kelly and... How the Eagles coach is really, really on the hot seat after making some very uh, questionable moves in the offseason that have really come back to look bad in the first two games of the season with the Eagles starting 0-2 and really looking terrible in six out of the eight quarters that they've played so far. And I want to get right to your responses to a lot of what I talked about in regard to Chip Kelly having really hurt his team by trying to either uh, get yes-men in there or trying to uh, think that he's Bill Belichick and he can just substitute anybody in to his system and it'll work. But the decisions to cut Deshaun Jackson uh, before the 2014 season and then not match Jeremy Macklin before the 2015 season and losing two good wide receivers, the decision to let go offensive guard Todd Harriman's and then... Offensive guard Evan Mathis because Mathis wanted more money. The decisions to trade LaShawn McCoy and uh, then find whatever free agent backs he could, even though he was able to land a couple of pretty good ones... They don't have the elusiveness of LaShawn McCoy, and so far behind this uh, revamped, so called revamped offensive line have looked terrible. And the decision to cut uh, or trade for a fifth round pick, Brandon Boykin, a good slot corner, and then go out and give up a uh, 63 million over six years for Byron Maxwell, a free agent cornerback who has looked terrible. I don't have time to read all of the many, many comments that I've received on this, and I um, appreciate it, but I don't, you know, we try to keep these podcasts to like 10 minutes, 12 minutes uh, to make them convenient for you to listen to, so I don't have time to read everybody. I got um, this comment from Cheryl Linton-Jones, OMG, you win the award for best analytical rant of the day, awesomeness. Drew Gowdy says, that about sums it up. This is year three. The Chip Kelly project is a bust. This is the culture he wanted. No excuses. And uh, I agree with you, Drew. The, the point is that, you know, Chip, I think, has gotten rid of some good players because they weren't big enough yes men. Um, and uh, he's finding out that that's uh, kind of blowing up in his face on the field right now. Chuck Yeager. Billy, the very day the Eagles signed Chip, I said I hated the signing. So I have it so that nobody can say I'm coming late to the party. I have always said he is a fraud. I don't agree with that either, uh, Chuck. Um, you know, I was happy with the signing of Chip Kelly. The problem for me was when at the end of his second year as a professional coach, The owner, Jeff Lurie, made the decision to just uh, give him the total control, to take Howie Roseman, who was the general manager, and kick him to an office down the hall, kick him upstairs, so to speak, and give him no control, take away his control, and make Chip you know, the king of the castle and uh, the god of the Eagles uh, front office. And he can make any moves he wants without anybody there to say, hey, you know, Chip, maybe you want to rethink this. That's where I don't understand. Jeff Lurie made a huge mistake. In fact, to me, Andy Reid was a good coach for the Eagles for a number of years. But the problem came in when they got rid of Tom Modrak, who was the general manager, and you know, they and Andy really didn't have anybody to be a counterpoint to his point. He could do whatever he wanted to. That's when they started to go downhill. When Andy Reid started to get too crazy with some of his moves and didn't have anybody in the front office to to check him. That Jeff Lurie would make the same mistake with Chip Kelly only two years in is inconceivable to me. Pete Toner says so on point, Billy in two games, Chip has been shown to be a fraud, and Lurie has got to be wondering, what have I done? Uh, Felicia devito Pacone, boy, Billy, you hit the nail on the head. I was thinking sabotage. At any rate, totally disgusting. Kelly can sit at the table with Amaro, referring to Ruben Amaro, the... Uh, now fire general manager of the Phillies. Stephen Felt says that's clearly true and he will make a great college coach for someone next year. And that's happened a lot, you know. I mean, the first one that comes to mind, of course, is Steve Spurrier, who came out of college where he had tremendous success, came into the pros, thought he could do anything he wanted to, quickly found out that that's not how it works in the NFL, and went back to college coaching. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Chip Kelly's going to be a failure, um, but, you know, he has come in with kind of this arrogance that he doesn't yet... Deserve and hasn't earned. He is not Bill Belichick. He does not have Super Bowl rings and he should not just be cutting and getting rid of great players just because he doesn't, uh, they don't necessarily think the way he thinks or behave the way he wants them to behave. Oh, here's an interesting comment. Loretta Runyon is the wife of John Runyon, who played right tackle for the Eagles for many, many years. Um, one of their best, most, uh, vicious players they've ever had on this team, um, and uh, who uh, I co-hosted a show with for many, many years. And John Runyon, then after retiring, ran for Congress, was elected to Congress, and then became so uh, unhappy with the political process that he did not run for re-election. And now John Runyon is doing some uh, radio commentary on the Eagles. His wife, Loretta, says to me, never was a fan of college coaches coming in to coach pro. Different game and speed of players is an issue. His coaching is not up to speed. Nice play on words, Loretta. And a very good point. But Joe Daly, the guards were the biggest mistake. No reason to get rid of them. And I agree with that. You don't have an offensive line. You can't run the ball. That's why they're not running the ball. It's hard to throw the ball because Sam Bradford has almost no time to step back and square up and, and, and throw the ball downfield. Wendell Toland says, Billy, you've hit the nail squarely in its head. I'm still blown away why Kelly traded, gave away those two highly experienced offensive guards and had the audacity to believe that these two rookie guards could fill the bill. That not technically rookies, but they are journeymen who uh, are unproven. So a lot of people agreeing with me. Chris Simon. Chip is a dope and Lurie was a bigger dope for hiring him. I already addressed that. Uh, Shannon Newby. People would be more forgiving if Chip Kelly, of Chip Kelly, if he didn't cut two of the best in the game with Deshaun and Shady gone. Ralph Koss. You can add that he didn't draft an offensive lineman. You have solid players at skill positions, but it is meaningless without blocking, which is exactly what I was saying, although Kelly did draft one offensive line, and he drafted Lane Johnson with his very first draft pick, and then... For the rest of that draft, no offensive lineman. Uh, the following draft, no offensive lineman. And this year, no offensive lineman. So he did make uh, his first pick, an offensive lineman. And then since then, 20 picks, no offensive lineman. And so he didn't even have the depth at the offensive line. He didn't have a young stud coming up when he just released Evan Mathis because Mathis said he wanted more money. All right, now let's get to some of the people who disagree with me. Eric Klein says, Billy, it is September with a new quarterback and some young receivers. The O-line is a problem, but it is September for crime's sake. Let's watch and see if Chip can coach out of this. The guy for the Colts did it last year, and the Giants won the Super Bowl after looking kind of worse than this. First year watching for you? Now, <laughs> now, Eric likes to do a couple things. One is the Mr. Macho... Um, because he also says something in here about uh, uh, you're just a little girl running around with your hands in the air because it's all so scary for you. <laughs> <laughs> so two two things about Eric, and I know Eric Klein because you know as in my years, my twelve years as a sports anchor at Fox Twenty Nine in Philly. Uh, I worked with Eric Klein, who works behind the scenes and is a very intelligent guy. But this is this is a game that he and a lot of Eagle Stepfords who never question anything that the coach does always want to do. Number one is act real macho. Like the fact that they don't question makes them macho. I disagree. The fact that you don't question anything makes you milk toast. Okay, I stand up and I will question the coach, and I've done it to their faces when it was Andy Reid. I'm not covering the team now uh, for Fox anymore, but you know, you got to ask the tough questions. That's what's macho, not not just saying that anything they give you, you just gladly take it and be happy. Nothing macho about that. And the second thing is to to attack and make it sound like. Um, well, he says, first year watching for you Like I don't know anything about football And I've never seen football Well, once again, I'm sitting here, I'm analyzing I'm looking at all the things that Chip Kelly did and didn't do And I'm analyzing You're just accepting whatever he does And taking it as uh, Whatever he does is fine with me So who's the first year watcher here? Me, who's actually analyzing and thinking about this thing Or you, who just blindly accepts everything uh, I think the answer to that is obvious. Victor Logothetis. Cutting McShawn... Uh, McShawn... Oh, he says MeShawn. Cutting MeShawn didn't cost the Eagles a playoff berth. 38 offensive turnovers and cornerback Carey Williams' compulsive need to touch receivers cost them. By MeShawn, he's referring to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and, you know, that that in and of itself is interesting, that nickname, because... It implies you don't like Deshaun, that he's a selfish player. And you know what's funny? I agree. I, I agree that Deshaun Jackson could be a very selfish and immature player. But the fact is you don't cut a guy because he's selfish and immature. You, as the coaches always say, coach him up you you know you help to teach him how to become a more mature player how to become a man you don't just cut him he's a great great talent and that's the problem with chip kelly we don't know why he cut deshaun you know there was all this talk in the the uh, in the, the articles that came out about deshaun being a gang member and all this stuff and as i pointed out in my previous rant um you know they talked about how he uh, was friends with a guy who was accused of murder and then they buried the little detail that the guy was found not guilty. And that article came out the same day that Deshaun was cut by the Eagles and that Chip Kelly said it had the decision to cut Deshaun had nothing to do with that. Although, you know, I wouldn't have put it past the Eagles to have planted that story on the website that that ran it um, just so that it would kind of uh, make people more accepting of the fact that Deshaun was cut and think that there was some real reason for it when there really wasn't. But, um, you know, he is a selfish player. I don't, I don't disagree with that. He's also a very effective player. And Vic then goes on to say that uh, it wasn't the decision to cut him that cost the Eagles a playoff berth. Well, it absolutely was. First of all, he got over 1,000 yards receiving, and the guy who replaced him, Riley Cooper, had 500-some. So he literally doubled the amount of yardage when he was playing with Washington that his replacement had with the Eagles. But more importantly, head-to-head against the Eagles, he killed them in the second game that he played them head-to-head the penultimate game, second-to-last game before the season, he had 126 yards receiving against them. So if he goes out and gets 120-plus yards, more than half of his team's total, and the Skins beat the Eagles, and the Eagles don't make the playoffs because of that loss, guess what? He single-handedly, directly kept them out of the playoffs. Lawrence Ball um, says this in regard to The decision to cut Evan Mathis, which I said was so stupid. He says, um, on the one hand, he says, although I can't even begin to explain the personnel strategy surrounding their guards, I was not a Todd Harriman's fan. But don't think they should have traded Mathis unless they had a suitable replacement. I agree 100%, Lawrence. But then Lawrence comes back and kind of um, goes the other way and says, Mathis was scheduled to make $5.5 million in 2015 and $6 million in 2016. He was coming off an injury that kept him to only nine games last season. Uh, the Eagles' rushing attack was actually better without Mathis on the field last year, which probably led to Chip's decision to let him go. Uh... I would have to look at all the numbers as far as their rushing attack with or without Mathis on the field because you didn't really provide any stats to go with that or what have you. But um, the bottom line is that every single scouting report rates uh, Mathis as one of the top two or three guards in the National Football League. Some rate him as the number one overall guard in the NFL after last year. So uh, to say that the Eagles' rushing attack was better without Mathis on the field would certainly be questionable. And then the whole thing about he was scheduled to make $5.5 Okay. They saved $5.5 million dollars by cutting him. You know what that did? That put them $14.5 under the cap. $14.5 under the cap. Now, what do they do with all that money? How does that help you? It doesn't. If you're Jeff Lurie, I can understand. Oh, great. You know, that's $14.5 million we're not paying in salaries. Five million we're not giving to Mathis. If you're, the, if you're the team owner, maybe that's how you're thinking. But as a fan, what do you care? As far as I'm concerned, as a fan, they should be spending everything right up to the cap to fill up all their holes. Not creating holes to save even more money under the cap, but spending everything. And then the other part of that is... They go out and they sign Byron Maxwell to a six-year, $63 million contract. In other words, they're paying him about twice what they would have paid Mathis. So, Byron Maxwell can't cover anybody. So, please, don't save money by cutting Pro Bowl players and then go out and spend twice as much to bring in players who can't cover anybody. Uh, Lawrence Ball also makes another interesting point. He says, I believe we are at the beginning of year three of a five-year rebuild. If we can just stay competitive as we improve, I'm okay with the plan. Well, why are we rebuilding? This is a team that made the playoffs in Chip Kelly's first year and missed the playoffs by one game in his second year. Why would you go into a five-year rebuild? That's the whole point. Why would you not retweak it a little bit, make one or two positive changes, additions, not subtractions? Why would you you know, just scuttle the whole thing? Parella Long says, it's just game two. Things might turn around, right? And of course, that's the war cry of everybody who has uh, disagreed with me and uh, defended uh, Chip Kelly. And that includes Mario Koyaso, who says, I agree Chip has to figure this out, but people got to stop dwelling on hurt ass Djack. Another reference to Deshaun Jackson, who was disliked by the players and coaches, well, I already commented on that, you know, a guy doesn't have to be everybody's best buddy to go out on the football field and contribute in a big way, and I don't think you cut guys who are capable of getting 100 yards receiving and beating anybody in the NFL deep just because they have a childish attitude at times. We can't keep people who don't respect their blessings. Again, I disagree. Shady couldn't handle third downs like the man we kept, Sproles. It's the past. Nick Foles is not the difference maker here, and we haven't won to prove we would have a better end result with our past roster. They're gone. Let it go. Off to New Jersey for the Jets. Well, but that kind of plays into my point. It doesn't dispute what I'm saying. They got rid of. You're saying they shouldn't worry about hurt-ass D-Jack, and then in the next breath, you're talking about all the passes they dropped. Well, if they had kept D-Jack, if they had kept Jeremy Macklin, they wouldn't be so dependent on second-year and first-year receivers who are going out there, not knowing where they're supposed to be at the right time, dropping balls, and not playing well. He's got, he's got a lot of young players and Riley Cooper who CFP cannot fucking play. All right, so those are some of the opinions we got, um, and uh, you know, always keep it coming. In the meantime and in between time, that's going to do it for me. I'm Billy V. Bill Vargas with Billy V. Sports Hits. Sports Hits. You can follow me on Twitter at Billy Vargas. And join me next time here on Renegade Sports Talk Radio. Stick this in your ear. number one. The number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior.